0: Hello and welcome to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory, and you have tuned in to episode 443 of the podcast. I really do appreciate you listening, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Remember that the Perceptive Photographer is released every Monday. There's a new episode dropped on Monday. So if you're a subscriber of the podcast, you can check it out then. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to, and then you'll get notified of all the latest upcoming releases for the podcast. Also, the Photoshop Virtual Summit 5 will be coming out at the end of October. So in the show notes, you'll find a link to register for a free week of Photoshop training. Over 30 hours of training from a bunch of us instructors. I'll be teaching 45 camera raw tips in 45 minutes and also WTF, What is Photoshop's Problem? Which is all about troubleshooting and fixing Photoshop when it gets a little, let's call it uppity. So those will be my two classes. Looking forward to both of those. Very excited about that. All right, this week I've got two questions that were sent to me in email, and I thought they were really interesting topics for the podcast, and they're sort of related. They sort of overlap a little bit. If we think about a Venn diagram, there's a little kind of section there in the center where these two questions overlap. The first question was, what makes a good photograph, or how do I know I've got a good photograph? And then the other question is, how do you choose between two images that seem similar? How do you choose, like, if you've got the same sort of subject matter, but two slightly, say, different poses, or two slightly different angles, points of view, zoom levels, whatever you want to call it. How do you choose between those to make sure you've got the right image selected for really working up the process of ultimately processing, culling, and editing that photograph? And I think, like I said, those two are sort of, they're distinct because one is just in general what makes a good photograph and the other is sort of a comparison, contrast and compare between the two. But I think they're really sort of, like I said, overlapping questions. So I thought we'd tackle that today in the podcast, and some of this is for those of you who actually signed up and took the critique class that I offered the last couple of weeks. That's a thing we talk about in there. Is a little bit about what are some of the criteria by which we evaluate and make for our selection and understanding of what draws us in to look at a photograph. But that question of what makes a good photograph has been around probably since the first, second, third photograph was taken. We were past the initial awe and wonder of the process of the capture of light into what makes that one photograph more interesting, more engaging, more, have more emotive feeling to it than another photograph? And there's a lot of literature on this. You can read a lot of things. One of the kind of quintessential essays of photography is a book called Camera Lucida by a rhetorician named Roland Barth, which looks at this exact question, what really ultimately makes a photograph have weight, purpose, Uh, a connection to us and what makes one photograph more engaging than another photograph. And ultimately Barth refers to that as punctum, which is a point of pressure. The photograph creates a sense of pressure or tension within us that allows us to experience that photograph in a meaningful way. But that question of, again, what makes it good comes down to a couple of key variables, I think. And it's one of those things that part of our struggle when we're first learning photography And then when we get very good at photography, we end up sort of in the same spot. When we're first learning about photography, we're trying to learn what makes a good composition, what makes an interesting composition. And that leads us to sort of the rules of photography. Then we learn you don't follow the rules of photography. We break those. Then we get into sort of advancing in our photographic career. We start to, again, wonder about why certain photographs work, not necessarily because we're trying to figure out which rule of composition is being used, but again, what is the emotive emotional connection to that that sort of pulls at our heartstrings to make that photograph more or less engaging. The ultimate sort of criteria for what makes a good photograph is individualistic and in some cases sort of universal. There are certain things that universally appeal to us in certain images. A lot of us like symmetry. We like balance. We like a certain amount of complexity. We like a variation in tonal and color palette. But those again are sort of generalized concepts. We can look at a photograph that contains none of those and actually have a very engaging component component of the photograph. So the question of what makes the photograph good? Well, one is it's got a pleasing sense of composition to the intention of the photograph. Now you may want a sort of edgy, sort of creepy, scary, macabre sort of photograph. And if that is the emotive sense of that photograph, the type of composition where things are placed into the frame how it's processed, the amount of tonal information, the amount of detail we see in that photograph, how things emerge and disappear out of the positive and negative space will make a big difference in whether or not we're successful in achieving that. So ultimately, I think what sort of defines a good photograph is, is the elements of composition contained within the frame? So two co- key components there. One is the image properly framed. Do Are we including and excluding the proper components from the thing we're photographing? And are the compositional elements in there in supportive, in support and in supportive nature of what we are attempting to communicate in the photograph? And that in there lies the heart of what makes a photograph good, is its ability to communicate something. Now that something could be very simple, or it could be more complex, it could be part of a whole, it may be a whole unto itself. But part of what we're trying to do in the establishment of what makes a good photograph is... Is the arrangement of things within the frame and the frame itself done in such a way that we are able to understand the expression of the intention slash meaning slash purpose of that photograph? Now, again, I may not understand the intention and purpose nature of the photographer exactly, but can I look at that photograph and extrapolate out meaning out of that photograph? And that meaning of whether it's good or not is defined by does it meet the objective by which I've defined what that photograph should be about. If I believe the photograph is a documentary-style photograph, do I believe it conveys the elements necessary to be a good documentary photograph? Is the components of foreground and background, subject, subject matter, the content, the way objects relate in the frame as they become illustrative of a particular place, time, or event... In a way that is meaningful, that allows me to have a deeper understanding or not of the subject, subject matter. That becomes an element of defining whether or not it's a good photograph. If the photograph is of me getting up in the morning and my little dog Cora opens up her Christmas present, and the photograph is her holding one of her new stuffed animals and there's joy and expression in the face, the purpose of that photograph is to invoke within me a memory of her opening that present that Christmas morning two years from now, that could also qualify as a good photograph. It meets the stated purpose and intention. And this is one of the things that I think is so important about understanding what makes a good photograph. We understand the purpose of that photograph. What is the job of that photograph? And what is it attempting to communicate? And how well does it do that job? Again, it could be just, I want you to observe a beautiful sunset. It could be, I want you to understand something. I want you to have a call to action. I want you to feel a sense of tension? I want you to have a movement to work on some social justice, environmental issue. I want you to be aware of the state of some project, social documentary in your neighborhood, whatever it is. Is it ultimately achieving the purpose by which it was set out and intended to be? And this is one of the things that I think sort of changes with us in photography. As we start to think a little bit more about when we're creating photographs, What is the expression? What is the thing we're trying to say? So if I'm out photographing animals, I'm photographing wildlife, I'm going out to Yellowstone, I'm going to go out and photograph the bears out there and the wolves out there and the, well, the moose are down more by Jackson. But anyway, I'm out there photographing elk, whatever's in the park. And I'm thinking about, do I want this to be reflective of their environment, a particular time of year and certain behaviors? Do I want it to just be a straight up portraiture? Do I want to show more or less of how they interact with each other? Each one of those will define the success and quality of that being a good photograph or not because of my stated purpose and intention. This ultimately then leads to, I think, that second question of how do I choose between two images that seem very similar? So at this point, I'm gonna go ahead and let's assume we have images that are, we would put in the good bucket. They're achieving their sort of visual objective in engagement on an emotional level, psychological, thinking level to have me hold within the photograph and understand why that photograph was sort of created. And again, a lot of that is on an emotional level as well as a sort of uh, intellectual level. So both of those things pulling together. But when I choose between two images that are very similar, now we start to break down into key components of frame and composition that become more or less sort of building blocks to a better, easier, more plausible, You know, some word there that says we're just a smidge better in understanding the pleasing nature of the photograph. Then again, that may be displeasure, but the ultimate stated nature of the photograph. And how are those compositional elements pulling together for effect of intention of the photograph? This is where something like the position of somebody's eyes are they looking directly into the camera, slightly off camera, out of frame? Those three spots, even without really changing the expression, just a slight tilt of the head or a slight movement of the eyes, will fundamentally shift how we perceive that photograph and what's going on in that photograph. Somebody making direct eye contact into the camera, looking at the photographer, is a different set of engagement than somebody looking off camera. There's something we're unaware of outside the frame that adds an air of mystery or an air of uncertainty to that photograph or sort of a wonder to that photograph, That we don't have with that direct gaze. So again, between those two photographs, part of the question of what makes the good photograph is understanding what is the experience I would like somebody to have or I have with that photograph. And then selecting between two images, they both could be technically great photographs. They could both be great photographs. They could both be working photographs. They could both be used interchangeably in some way. But one will communicate a little bit more about the attempted conversation I'm trying to have with the body of work. And then I'm hoping somebody else has with the body of work when they look at the image. And so thinking about that experience, the ultimate end game of that photograph helps me sort of separate between the two images. Now another thing that happens between those two images is maybe one of those images has, you know, an expression I like, but it has a slight distracting element. Let's say like I took a step to the left and I sort of introduced a Partial object into the frame, maybe half of a table or part of a chair, or maybe another individual is sort of in the frame. And now there's a question of do those two objects relate? Does the main person I'm photographing and that person who's now got their back to them, is there a relationship between those two people or not? And if so, what is that relationship? And that's not a conversation I want that photograph to be about, but that's a possible conversation that could come up that might tell me that while both are strong photographs, both are interesting photographs, one is leading me down a path of a conversation that I don't want that photograph to be about. So again, coming to not just, is it a good composition? Do I have a hierarchy of layering? Do I have a hierarchy of understanding? Do I have proper exposure? Do I have interesting shapes, forms, and luminous tonal qualities overlapping in a way that makes the photograph as expressive as it needs to be? But also, is it, again, are the things within that composition laid out and structured in such a way that I can create an engaging conversation? So again, when we come back to then combining those two questions into sort of one element, ultimately to me, what makes a good photograph is a photograph that holds the engagement of the viewer. And that may be me as an individual, a photograph of my dog opening a Christmas present, For me to look back years later and think, oh, yeah, I remember when she got that toy. Look at that. That holds my engagement. Now, it's a very personalized photograph. It's not necessarily going to hold that same level for anybody else. But there's a very strong conversation that I have with that photograph. On a broader, bigger scale, other photographs that are out there being shown to the world, are they driving that conversation and that level of engagement? And part of the way I'd make that distinction is if people are holding the conversation and not thinking about how the photograph was created, that's a good sign. If we're not discussing what f-stop, shutter speed, length of exposure, all the things that photographers sort of nibble at and want to know how the photograph was created. If those questions are secondary, tertiary, or never even come up, and we're talking about this mood and atmosphere and sense and narrative and story that comes up inside that photograph, I likely have the contents of what makes the good photograph. Again, when we listen to how people talk about our work, we oftentimes can find the answer to this question. If the question is, how is the photograph made? That's not necessarily the conversations we would define for a good photograph. That may be for a good technical how-to of a photograph. But from the engagement of the photograph, I would like to think that our better photographs don't start off with, what's the shutter speed or what's the f-stop? Thanks so much for listening to me ramble on about those two questions here this week in the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. Again, comes out every Monday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. and If you like the podcast, hit the like button or Rating. Give us a little rating up there. That helps other people find the podcast. So if you find the podcast interesting, I really would appreciate that. I'm in a little niche here where I talk about things that aren't Nikon versus Sony versus Fuji. So it's a little, uh, uh, little bit of a niche here. So if you're looking for other photographers who hold similar interest to what you're interested in with the podcast, again, this is just a way for them to find that by giving that ranking. So thank you so much for doing that. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you again for joining me and I will see you next time.